Welcome to the NDI Politics Podcast, where we explore Georgian political landscape through in-depth interviews with the leaders and shakers on the issues facing the nation. My name is Laura Thornton, NDI Global Associate and Senior Director based here in Tbilisi. It is March 13th, and this is our third podcast. There will be more to come, so stay tuned. This project would not be possible without the technical and moral support from the Georgian Institute for Public Affairs, GIPA, and Radio GIPA. Thank you. Today's podcast will focus on the environment. According to NDI's public opinion polls, pollution of the environment is quickly becoming a top concern for Georgians. In Tbilisi, 50% listed as the most important issue in their community. This could be a matter of heightened awareness, worsening of the problem, or perhaps both. Here to explore this subject today are two distinguished guests and members of the Parliament's Environmental Committee, Kaka Kuchava, Georgian Dream MP and Committee Chair, and Tina Bukachava, United National Movement MP, who's also part of the committee who will be joining us later. I'm delighted that they're participating in this podcast and have repeatedly proven their ability to work across party lines for common goals. So welcome, Kaka, and thank you so much for participating. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So... As you know, we've done a lot of public opinion research, and uh, we are learning more and more how Georgians are concerned about the environment. And one of our recent polls also pointed out that Georgians would like to see more resources actually dedicated by the government to protecting the environment. In fact, a sort of surprising 71% of people in Tbilisi say the government is not spending enough on this issue spending monetarily or spending with regard to other human resources. Um, do you see gaps in the resources devoted to this issue? And what do you, what can you do in your role in parliament and controlling the purse strings uh, to address this problem? Thank you for addressing this issue because it is becoming as one of the most important issues, not only in Georgia, but around the world, yeah, considering the climate change issue, issues, which are becoming uh, more of a concern uh, every year, having so many disasters and so many catastrophes, uh, natural catastrophes, which needs, which needs to be addressed. Um, Georgia previously was spending least amount of money on the Ministry of Environment, which just directly was... Um, telling everyone, the sending the message that it was not considered important. And even more than that, previously there were so many regulations that's been abandoned uh, because environment in most cases are considered as an, one of the obstacles to the investments. Um, and of course, country was trying to um, um, show and make the economic uh, growth uh, very quick, which meant to abandon some of the regulations. Unfortunately, years later, we're facing so many problems uh, about it. But uh, in compared to the previous years, people are more active requesting and um, trying to um, have a say about environment protection issues in the country, which eventually brings it uh, as a priority uh, on the agenda for the government as well. On my last uh, speech at the parliament, um, when the Minister of Environment and Agriculture was um, visiting parliament as uh, minister's hour uh, mm -hmm. format, um, I made a big part of my speech, I dedicated exactly to the financing and my questions as well to the minister. Because one thing is that we want the environment to be in better shape, we want to protect it, but we have to understand that we have to spend money on it. Mm -hmm. And it's not a little money, it's, it's, it's quite a lot. Um, 
uh, not just fighting the uh, catastrophes which are happening more and more e- every year, but to prevent these catastrophes from happening. Um, for forest, uh, one one of the best examples which I'm bringing all the time because we're just considering. Actually, uh, we are uh, having hearings on new forest code to be adopted quite soon. And um, first thing I asked is, we need about two more thousand forestry uh, um, staff. Rangers. To, yeah. Rangers. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, rangers and the separation of rangers is all the forestry guys as well. Mm. But f- 2,000 rangers. And no, it, you cannot have them unless you train them because they have to know how to deal with the issues, how to identify diseases of trees and so many um, other things that they have to know. At the same time, the salaries, the equipment, and all the... You have to have money. These are 2,000 per, uh, per person to be hired in the regions, not in Tbilisi or somewhere else. So the um, government has to make... Uh, it, it also has to be said that for the last two years, there is an increase in the budget in mm-hmm. regard to environment, but it's not enough. And uh, I've been critical in this regard all the time. Uh, I understand every ministry has its priority. Everyone is asking for the money, especially when September is coming and the budget uh, discussions are starting uh, all over again. But environment has to be priority. That's my um, uh, opinion. Not because I'm the chair of the Environment Committee, but because it will be too late if we will miss these very important years. People have to understand, and first of all, uh, everyone who's in the government as well, that we cannot have the sustainable development and if we pay less attention to the three main components of the sustainable development, which mm-hmm. is economy, uh, social, and environment. So you cannot address only economic and social issues. You have to address the environment issues unless, unless you want be able to have the sustainable development path. And that, that that's very important. That has to be properly understood. We nationalized uh, sustainable development goals of the United Nations, one, one of those countries who nationalized it, and we have the proper agenda for it. Um, Minister of Environment is very well following the agenda and timelines. Um, so we are kind of a step forward in this regard, but once again, financing, this mm-hmm. is something that we can have perfect laws, but it needs to be enforced. Um, that, yeah. That's an important issue. I think I think it's a really interesting point that you raise. And again, yes, absolutely not unique to Georgia, but there is, and in some ways perhaps isn't it a misconception that having environmental protection actually works against economic development. I mean, in a way, isn't it more of a short-term versus long-term? And how successful have you been in trying to convince others, not just within the government, but within the business community, about the economic benefits of environmental strategies and protections? That's very important, what you've just said, because people have to understand the sustainability is long-term. It cannot be short-term. So um, we are now working on a number of very important laws to stimulate uh, even the private sector to address these issues even with more effectiveness, like um, re- uh, law on renewable energy, law on um, energy efficiency. Um, you have to understand that today you may spend a bit more, uh, and government actually is um, giving a lot of incentives uh, to promote more green growth. But uh, in the future, you will have an effect, and it will be much bigger than mm-hmm. having the short ter- uh, effect today. Um, to tell others what to do, first, you should be an example of it. That's why 
um, uh, there was my personal uh, thing to convince everyone to buy uh, for me um, uh, the car, not mm-hmm. this uh, regular black Toyotas, which is uh, which was even before us uh, bought by the um, uh, parliament, but um, hybrid, yep. which. Uh, was not more expensive actually it was less expensive but at the same time it uh um how you say it spends three times less uh petrol than the regular cars so if the companies especially those who are driving mostly in the city or in a very close surroundings they if, if, if they realize that they will spend a bit more buying electric cars or hybrid cars for example it's one of the examples right uh they, it might be a bit expensive today, but tomorrow they mm-hmm. will realize that it's, for example, the electric car is five times cheaper to charge the same distance uh, than uh, gas up the <laughs> mm-hmm. car. So, And the next step is I, I'm waiting for the day to go to Parliament and just see all the bicycles parked outside. <laughs> Copenhagen Frankly now apparently speaking, bicycles yes. have overtaken cars. I, I, I would love I would love to drive uh, bike uh, to the uh, Parliament, but frankly speaking, no air condition. No, no, no. Air condition is not that good that yeah. to drive every day to 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 uh, b- b- use the bicycle every day. I would the changes that we're making in terms of the uh, clean air, mm-hmm. uh, um, um, different activities that we're doing, including the changes in the law. Uh, they will be improved quite soon. I'm pretty sure about that. Even the new initiative, which uh, I introduced to the law about the um, dust, mm-hmm. construction mm-hmm, dust, mm-hmm. which is one of the biggest problems yep. of their pollution, and the problem of lead, which also yep. comes from this um, in, the, in the blood. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be soon putting it under the proper regulation. So either you keep it with the standards or you don't keep it at all. So you, you cannot have these b- b- little hills of sand laying in the street and next to the construction. Of course, right, it's the smallest wind and then it's uh, observing the air. So you cannot have it. Speaking of the air, um, the issue of the fuel and the Euro mm-hmm. 5 standard fuel, are you what's the prognosis for that because my understanding is that there's still a lower standard fuel being used and also there's an issue with of course diesel as well yes. what i mean are, are we um, are we going to move over to sort of euro 5 petrol petrol is from 2019 summer okay. it will so be standardized we don't have much of a problem with the petrol but we're having a problem with diesel yeah. fortunately number of cars uh, percentage of number of cars uh, in Tbilisi of diesel cars are little low yeah. uh, it's quite low so it does not affect that much but still we have to take care of it one of the uh, so uh, i think it's from 2020 when diesel 5 will be introduced mm-hmm. but i m- might be mistaken the problem is the cars itself there are standards with the cars so uh, euro 5 or euro 6 and every car that is introduced in georgia uh, in- imported in georgia is with a low quality, yeah, even the new ones. That's, That's the big, biggest problem. 90% of Georgia's auto park is more than 10 years old. This figure is just scary. Mm-hmm. Because you, we are not that rich to substitute it with the new car. And even mm-hmm. the new cars that are coming in are quite cheap and um, technically not, um, how to say it, I mean, properly functioning mm-hmm. because some of them are brought after flooding tsunamis right these co- uh, engines have to be fixed which means um it cannot function the way the new car functions so it can be two or three years old but mm-hmm. still 
damaging the air like others. Yeah. Another sort of related issue is, uh, as I understand, there's little or no regulation on and very, very modest tariff on the trailers and trucks that cross mm-hmm. Georgia from Russia, Armenia, Turkey. They're ruining the roads. They're enormously unsafe. They pollute the air. They're also hurting tourism by causing you know, traffic jams. Um, and, and I'm not sure what the cost benefit is. Uh, they actually seem to cost Georgia because they destroy the roads and they're not paying tariffs. Do you have a plan to try to reduce these transit vehicles, make sure they're cleaner, or regulate them, make sure that they're cleaner, they're safer? I know there's a bypass sure. road pa- plan, but that's not really addressing the, the, the quality of the emissions and whatnot from these um, trucks. I have to uh, say uh, that Committee on Environment Protection and Natural Resources has been the first one who did the committee inquiry. This is like mm-hmm. uh, quite quite a useful tool uh, of, to scrutinize uh, the um, government on air quality. This was very effective because we came up uh, uh, with some of the findings uh, which we couldn't even think about. And um, one of the issues with the air quality was uh, related to the uh, cars or how to say the big buses mm-hmm. which cross the country we did this inquiry on Tbilisi air quality but uh, of course we cannot abandon the issues which have been brought to us uh, by others so uh, questions that we asked to the technical inspection um, company or whatever they're called was okay I understand that you are um, checking the cars that are obliged to uh, visit you but those cars that are entering the border, why cannot you set yeah, exactly. stations up there? So whoever enters it, we know right in the uh, beginning that this car is polluting the air or is not technically fit to drive on our roads. Uh, on transit cars, it will be a bit difficult to cut it now right away because they have their obligations and their contracts which they're driving about. We can make the advanced um, notification to them mm-hmm. that, for example, for the next year, they will be paying a money if they're polluting the air with their engine, which will be checked right at the entrance. Good. And a year later, we will just block all the cars. So they have one year to prepare for it. This is kind of an idea which, uh, with the group under the uh, un- under our committee, we'll think about and uh, come up with a recommendation or even some... Mm-hmm. Uh, changes in the law if it will be necessary. Great. Um, well, I'm happy that uh, Tina is is joining our podcast, and we've just gotten started. We talked a little bit about air pollution, um, but I will put the next question to you first on our conversation on environment. One of the things that has come up in, for example, our research is that food safety is also a big concern. I know this also concerns you personally. We've had conversations about how to safely feed our children. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some been some alarming research about the presence of lead in some food products, such as spices and dairy. And then also, I just learned of a recent study by a group of environmentalists and NGOs that found lead also in building products and paint and toys. Um, what are some plans you might have, either either within the committee or within your party, to address this, to ensure some oversight of the markets? Uh, what mechanisms can we work on to mandate immediate regulations to prevent this problem, as well as educating the public about the dangers of lead poisoning, for example, particularly in young children? Yeah. 
Uh, thanks, Laura. Thanks for your interest um, uh, in this uh, subject matter, so to speak, and for inviting uh, the two of us. I think our committee sort of stands out in terms of its ability to um, you know, leave um, behind our, our very strong uh, party divisions <laughs> and trying to sort of focus on, on this issue, Absolutely. which really does uh, concern um, a lot of our citizens, as your um, as your polls show, and I think increasingly so. And I think mm -hmm. that does have to do with uh, public awareness, also. Um, you know that I think not only politicians but also NGOs um, uh, is are are talking more about it and raising uh, these issues. Um, lead. I mean, that unfortunately is really uh, one of the primary uh, things um, that we also discussed in the committee uh, inquiry, which, by the way, was the first mm -hmm. of its kind. I'm sure that Kaha already uh, talked about it and mm -hmm. expressed, yeah, his his sort of pride over over this initiative because I think it is really important for the parliament to. Uh, assert uh, that role, particularly with the new constitution and the new uh, responsibility that parliament has taken on under the new constitution in terms of its oversight. Mm -hmm. and I think we've had pretty good cooperation with um, with the executive, with a few exceptions where, where I didn't think they were particularly constructive. But in general, I think the format has worked, and um, uh, and I and I think going forward we can. Uh, use that format uh, for other issues like recycling, um, mm -hmm. etc., which we have already started. Um, like I said, lead was one of the issues that definitely came up in that format in the committee inquiry. Um, and as you said, it is a, a concern in, an, in a variety of different areas. So yep. it's not just, just one thing. Yeah, exactly. So mm -hmm. it's not just in the air. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's say it's not just being emitted through. Uh, low-quality um, petrol, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it is also being uh, found in in uh, food. It yes. is found in, in paint. Mm -hmm. uh, it is found in a whole range of other uh, products. Uh, toys. Uh, uh, toys, yeah, mm -hmm. things that we and our kids come in contact mm -hmm. with on an everyday basis. Um, what we can do about it, I mean, when the environment minister, now it's not just the environment minister, as you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, couched under the Ministry of Agriculture, which, um, by the way, I think was a mistake. I think when mm -hmm. we um, have such uh, a serious uh, problem that, you know, a lot of citizens are concerned with, we can uh, and should afford to have a separate agency that is responsible um, expressly for environmental issues. I think it's also a message to the public. And by the way, Gaha uh, was also um, in agreement on that matter, which, you know, I, you have got to respect when a, when a, when a member of the um, ruling party uh, can, yeah, can express that type of uh, opposition to certain changes that are being implemented. Um, the argument there was that some budgetary funds were going to be saved, which mm -hmm. has not, according to the calculations that we've done, has not necessarily been uh, the case that, you know, I understand that, of course, in general, we have to try to cut down budgetary costs. But A, um, you know, what are the criteria that are being used to to cut those costs down? Are you actually achieving something, are you, or are you just are you are you cutting bureaucratic costs, or are you cutting something significant that actually you should be providing mm -hmm. as um, a public institution? And I think, unfortunately, here it was the latter rather than the former. So it wasn't that the cut was necessarily aimed at cutting bureaucratic costs. But anyway, um, the minister. 
that now is responsible for both was just in Parliament coincidentally last week. Uh, and I posed this specific question on lead. The, um, um, the initial response from the minister was that there are some speculations, this <laughs> is the, the, the quotation, that there are higher levels of lead um, than um, than there should be. Uh, and then when I sort of pressed him on it, he said, no, what I meant that in the air, uh, right, the, right, the, yeah. the, the, the lead content is not higher yes, than, than yes, it should be. Yep. I do not disagree with a number of studies that indicate that in the in the blood, well, we have to admit people were, were found to have yeah. higher levels. Yeah, so, absolutely. But I think even on the latter, even if the the air is you know fine, fine but it's being found but in the blood. But it's in blood. twice. <laughs> it's even worse. Uh, yeah, that's even we have to more. identify and what is the source exactly. of it. Exactly. And, and there his, you know, his response was that we have to have a complex approach, that was the wording that he used, that mm. we have to cooperate with our ministries. And of course, I agree that it has to be a complex and sort of multifaceted approach, particularly because you find it in so many different products. But that doesn't mean that each ministry, starting with his own ministry, should deflect responsibility for this because like, we need action and we need yeah. it now. Well, I think that's the issue of rapid response. Like, For sure, you can wait till there's more comprehensive studies to show all the various sources, but there's already evidence, for example, that it's in, say, spices or in certain yes. dairy products. Mm-hmm. So is there like a way we can have more rapid response to things such as this crisis with lead? You cannot respond unless you know what's the reason, where the source is coming from. So the bad thing was that initially it was um, somehow said that it's related to the petrol and diesel. And that was a uh, mistake because after 2005 uh, changes and Mm -hmm. some regulations, lead is not um, part of the imported uh, fuel, petrol. Yeah. So this definitely was is not the source. But there are, as we mentioned, toys, construction Mm -hmm, materials. mm -hmm. And it's very difficult to monitor and control them unless you just have a final say that we will stop doing it. Like on on asbestos. 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 Which everyone knew that there are products that's coming in, um, especially the brakes, which imagine every traffic and car stops. push the brakes, of course, and it just in the air, and right. we breathe it. So we will be having these changes, mm-hmm. uh, the, the working group, which we will stop it. But um, um, knowing the right source, where it comes from, is the important thing. Water, that's one of the things which mm. I think should be examined in very close details, not just in general the quality of it, whether it's drinkable or not, but in terms of what are the components of it, because Tbilisi have, has a different quality water, other regions have different. In Papakuriani, you open the tap and you can drink it without a problem. <laughs> it's just very clear, uh, pure and clear water, but we don't know what are the sources. Mm-hmm. The, the ground, um, based on the big infrastructure projects, can be damaged mm-hmm. years later even. And uh, the products that we have from these regions might be with high concentration of lead or uh, different other elements which are very harmful for our uh, body. So, Is there a way to pass, for example, legislation? So, for example, you're right, we don't know all the different sources, but we do have some initial findings at least. Is there a way to set up some, 
uh, or enhance a regulatory agency that when products come in, like say these cheap toys, I don't even know where they're coming from, is there a way to at least test some of them and make sure, or the building products that are coming in, mm -hmm. shouldn't there be a series of audits of these pro project, yeah, I, uh, products as they enter the country and at least start the process of weeding out or preventing ex imports of these products? That's that's. Uh, something to be done but at the same time painful because it reflects on the price and uh, of course then it's uh, requested uh, to abandon this regulation because it becomes not as affordable as it has but once again the health and environment is top priority mm. we spend so much money on health um, well healthcare uh, mm. program the only way to reduce it is to improve the fundings and yeah. increase the fundings on environment because it's the second main cause of the health problems. Again, short-term, long-term vision. Exa like exactly. Said, we like, talked yeah. about the short-term. So we, if we spend more money on environment, we you improve these things. Later. We put the proper regulations uh, in, in, where it's necessary. I'm not uh, happy putting a lot of regulations, but there are some which needs to be done. Mm. And uh, if we put it on the right way, in a, even in the short term, we will see the results. And I'm pretty sure with the right attitude, the healthcare budget will be reducing because there will be less uh, people suffering from different diseases. And I think, I think there also, though, we have to be aware of, um, of administering the law, so to speak, because, you know, we can, yes. um, we can put introduce some regulations mm -hmm. and then essentially create a, a black market for toys. I well, mean, it sounds true. it You're sounds right. funny, but it no, can be can done. Be. Absolutely. Um, when right. we talk about uh, import, you know, most likely uh, these products come in from China or they're made mm -hmm. in China, which doesn't mean that they're not high quality products also being made in mm -hmm. China, because most of the even um, those toys th that pass the EU standard, for example, actually do originate yeah exactly so so I think you know we have to be very careful in striking the right balance in terms of the regulations we introduce and then the agencies we put in charge and administering and overseeing the implementation exactly. of those, overseeing of those of laws because that can be really mm. tricky I mean when I just um, joined the when I joined the conversation Kaha I think was talking about um, if I'm not mistaken the technical in ex inspections mm -hmm. right for the cars mm. and I think that's a really good example because now, theoretically, we have a pretty solid regulatory framework for um, checking uh, the the, um, uh, the cars for their for for their technical standards, uh, right? But yet, we see hundreds, and I mean, in a day, I can say that I see more than a dozen cars, and usually they're also they're mostly mashutkas, but mm -hmm. not exclusively emitting mm -hmm. this terrible, <laughs> visible black cloud uh, and uh, private behind cars, them. quite and, expensive and cars, just, actually. And of course, also yeah. private cars, but I mean, mostly it's much. And of course, that goes to the problem of regulation. And we mm -hmm. talked about this also on the commission, that unfortunately, not all cars that theoretically pass through the test are actually fit 
uh, to be driven, uh, ecologically fit, correct, uh, to be driven. And that because there are some loopholes, because they can borrow parts and, mm -hmm. and pass the mm -hmm. test with borrow par borrowed oh, parts. And then, or, or pay, unfortunately, or pay a bribe to the person yeah. uh, that needs to give them the, the documentation for having passed the test. And I think it's 60 it's the, lari. They arrest, not, arrested, fortunately. Yeah. A couple of uh, group, incidents. Actually, yeah. not one person, but a group of people who were organizing this um, fraud um, documents. Mm -hmm. Uh, but for technical of course, inspection. For yeah, well, wasn't that a problem in the past as well? I mean, you had this experience before. Past was, it no, was, because it was, it was the regulation was looser essentially, and when the regulation was um, uh, tightened, that opened the market for this, you know, for corruption. for the for the bribery yeah, and the yeah, corruption. Yeah, yeah. which the is a risk is in that, anything. Uh, absolutely, sure. and we, we even mentioned it before. We can write the perfect laws, but mm. it has to be enforced. Of course, it has to be enforced effectively. And um, that's our function as well, to um, um, scrutinize the way they do it. And committee is a perfect format when you can tell them after some time, come over here and tell mm -hmm. me what's been done, what's been achieved. Uh, the post-legislative scrutiny that we are also starting uh, as a committee now is first uh, also um, uh, something new with our Absolutely. rules of procedures. Um, we want to see what's been happening three years after we made the law uh, to, to exclude all the electric vehicles mm -hmm. from import tax and VAT tax and etc. Because three years later, we see that there are some uh, problems associated with the um, uh, effectiveness uh, of this law or some side effects that we might have. Unforeseen consequences. And yeah. what the important part is that when we will have the final uh, recommendations like we will have in the air quality, we will not just say that you will do this. We say you will do this in this uh, time, like three months time or six months time. So then you have to come to us and tell us how you've done it. And that's the best way to m monitor and to, to, to have a um, control. Results. Control. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's really important to have, you know, actual timelines and, and deadlines around these things because for example going back to let again when we mm -hmm. hear from the minister that a complex approach is needed quote unquote that complex approach also needs to include him and his ministry uh, and therefore if in six months from now for example we see that no step has been taken to address this problem exactly, that he yeah. admits is a problem uh, then, of course, I think it would be the parliament's role and the committee's role, uh, more specifically, to demand some answers. Mm -hmm. the, this final thing that I will say is that this um, committee inquiry really was effective because we didn't deal only with the ministry. So this was the, the committee hearing when we had state auditors, a uh, company, which is a state-owned enterprise, but the transport company who owns this yellow, ugly buses mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, also was there and they actually couldn't uh, answer some of the questions which are quite critical. For example, when we get rid of these buses from Tbilisi, I don't want to see them in other cities. We cannot <laughs> send this problem to other cities. Yeah. So I, uh, in the recommendation, right. we will uh, request them to give us, uh, let's say, one month time, the plan, what they're doing with these buses. So we know what is the mm. result of it. Um, there were uh, Minister of Economy as well, with regard to the technical inspection. There was a healthcare uh, organization, um, National uh, um, Healthcare Agency. Um, they had a perfect um, uh, dialogue about the 
impact of environment on health. And we talked about these diseases of lungs, especially, mm. and cancer, how it is affected with the bad environment. So it was very interesting to have um, not just a hearing, but at the same time, uh, ask the questions, uh, get into the details, and it was very friend friendly format of, of discussion uh, about these topics. The report that we will be issuing soon, by the end of month, I hope it will be finished by the time, I think will be very um, interesting to read for regular persons as well. I look forward to it. Um, back to the subject of, of food safety, um, and I know I sound like I'm pushing uh, uh, I know I sound like I'm pushing a bunch of regulations, but I wanted to get your feedback on sort of the existing, uh, you know, do you think that there are adequate checks in place right now in terms of ensuring that the quality, and this is not imports, this is domestic agricultural products as well, or dairy products. Um, are you satisfied in, in, in sort of the quality of food that we're getting here in Georgia? Uh, what could be done to improve or ensure the safety of those products? Do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I think it's a really tough one because it also um, needs a very sort of long-term strategy. For example, I, uh, when I was looking for um, uh, environmentally clean uh, uh, you know, vegetables, I was told that it takes 50 years for uh, the ground uh, to get rid of all the environmental pollution, uh, number one. Number two, that a carrot, for example, absorbs any environmental oh pollution it can find <laughs> in the ground from uh, up to 50 kilometers around the area where it is particularly being grown. So even if you try to impose, you know, very uh, sort of environmentally clean green mm. standards on a particular plot of land, uh, it is nevertheless impossible for that farmer uh, to grow truly uh, ecologically friendly products mm. if the rest of the area continues to be polluted. So it's a very, it's, a, it's sort of a long-term um, uh, plan that the government needs to have in terms of you know, cleaning our, our uh, environment and preparing it for, for um, future um, uh, agricultural production that will be cleaner and greener than what we are eating now. Because now, uh, certainly, I, I don't think our products meet mm. uh, the standards. Unfortunately, I do know, for, for example, in particularly in relation to honey, there have been multiple attempts to try to export it to European markets, and it hasn't, we ha unfortunately haven't been successful precisely because we're not able to satisfy um, these environmental standards. Um, and, you know, it's it's an uphill struggle. It's hard because Gacha mentioned it, and I agree that, you know, the cost-benefit there, of course, is, is hard. The, the cleaner um, the products are, the higher the prices. We see this in Western markets also. You know, of you course. go into... Uh, shop right and you pay one thing hey, for, for, for a, yeah, <laughs> and you go to Whole Foods and you pay another thing. But of course, uh, for the country and for the state in the long term, it uh, as you know, multiple other uh, countries' examples have shown, it does pay off mm. to invest uh, in clean air and clean water um, and the environment in general. 
precisely because of the costs of healthcare um, right. that that go up, you know, exponentially over the years unless you focus on prevention. And of course, part of prevention is making sure you don't feed your population um, kinds of food that are directly causing. Mm-hmm. Um, certain diseases. I mean, we were talking about clean air. It's not just Georgia, right? It's all over no, the all sure. over the world. And it's the World Health Organization that shows these correlations uh, between low quality air and, and a whole bunch of respiratory problems and, and circulation problems and cancers, etc. So um, it is an investment that the government makes. And I think a lot of these things should at first uh, be subsidized, yeah, number one, say that. Yeah. which yes, does yeah. cost money for the government, yeah. but cut down on your bureaucratic costs, mm-hmm. buy less SUVs uh, mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, your ministers and your deputy ministers and whatnot, um, cut down on the bonuses that they receive on a yearly basis, which is quite a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, we're not talking about hundreds, we're talking about tens of th- and hundreds of thousands. Um, that I think uh, could be cut and could be spent on things that matter for mm. for citizens, and that will matter increasingly more um, uh, in the years to come. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, it just it just takes sort of uh, reshuffling uh, of yes. priorities uh, on, on the part of the government. And again, we get back to the short term, long term, because okay, first of all, you don't have to. I mean, the gold standal standard of certified organic is not even what we're talking about, but basic safety of food, you know, I mean, we might not be able to make sure that the carrots are meeting an organic standard, but at least making sure that it's free of of very harmful things that would make us sick. Mm -hmm. So, and also, though, that by investing in those sort of protections, it seems you open up more opportunities. So for a farmer, it might be expensive to make those changes in the beginning, but ultimately they'll be able to sell their products at a higher price in Europe later. The, or, And then, like you said, the healthcare costs also of treating a kid with E. coli <laughs> or treating a kid that's got salmonella. Mm-hmm. I mean, those that's expensive. Yes, I, you, you, that's exactly the, the other point, and it just sort of escaped me that I wanted to make, which is competition among businesses. And you mm-hmm. raise it and, and, and you're you're very right to raise it. And, and, and for example, in recycling as well, um, right? We want to uh, introduce uh, local plants for each municipality, and it should have been done this year, and unfortunately it was postponed. And now having talked to NGOs, most likely it will be postponed again, which is directly related uh, also to uh, the quality of our products because when you, for example, throw away batteries with, you know, cucumber peels, for example, um, which is unheard of in any other number of the Western countries that I've lived in and horrifies me every time I do. But, I mean, you, you, there is no way you can separate your garbage right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, you throw away, you know, peach uh, peels and mm-hmm. pits and organic material that can be recycled and and used uh, by mother nature actually for its benefit and batteries that are gonna uh, poison um, uh, the ground for decades together I mean it's it's really an unimaginable travesty if you yeah. if you ask me um, and you know there is a plan to introduce um, separation so recycling in each municipality as I said it was postponed and unfortunately I, I think the po- 
and the parliament is trying to take some leadership on this as well, but I think it should be the government that also uh, intervenes to make sure that these uh, plans trickle down to each of the municipalities and they actually um, uh, start implementing them. But that is also built on local business. Um, how you can develop uh, and incentivize local businesses to actually collect those batteries oh, yeah. or the scrap metal or the paper or the plastic mm -hmm. or the tires. I mean, it actually, if you create the right um, financial and business incentives for local entrepreneurs, it can become a virtuous sure. circle yeah. rather than a vicious circle, which we're in right now. Uh, because all of this, you know, the, the lack of recycling then feeds on the fact that we have uh, the polluted uh, ground and then we have polluted products and etc. So I think you, with the right regulations, you can turn the, the vicious circle into a virtuous one. And the good thing is uh, that the conversations at least have started mm -hmm. on these issues. I mean, mm -hmm. the important thing is that now next steps are actually taken and the government does something about it. <laughs> well, I think the incentive thing is a really interesting one. I mean, I remember as a kid, I mean, recycling doesn't come easy. People are mm. lazy. I remember when I was a kid, you could turn in your tin can, your Coke can or Sprite can, and get, it was like, in some states, it was like almost, you know, 10, 15 cents. Mm. Okay. That's not a huge amount of money, but believe me, as a child, I would like scan neighborhood garbage cans for cans and bring it in so that I could get the cash and buy, you know, probably candy bars or something. Mm -hmm. But, you know, going, it's also, yeah, for certainly incentivizing for businesses, but even for consumers. I mean, what other things can we do beyond just like it's good for the environment to get citizens more engaged in, in their own behaviors, you know, whether it's you know, foregoing a car for public transport or recycling uh, things and riding bicycles. And, you know, that's the tricky part, I think, in changing behavior. I agree. I think that is the tricky part. And that's why I think the shorter term result you'd see through incentivizing business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, the same thing. If you would get 10 cents for, for a can, if you were to get a certain amount of money for a certain amount of paper that you hand mm -hmm. in or cardboard or plastic or whatever, then, then people might actually start, start doing, doing it. it. Yeah. Uh, and it shouldn't be the government that um, is collecting this. It should be businesses. The government mm -hmm. should yeah. incentivize that business with, you know, reduction of uh, taxes or whatever it is, create an enabling environment for that business. Because I think, I mean, it would be impossible for the government to uh, regulate that entire area by itself. And it, I don't know, it stimulates, it stimulates a, a whole different area of business that can, you know, create more jobs and, again, have many other sort of mm -hmm. benefits coming out of it. Um, as it re relates to your question on how we can change um, behavior of regular citizens, I think that's a longer term goal, which doesn't mean it should be put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we should... Um, in parallel sort of be working on that as well uh, but to me I think realistically that would certainly take a number of years for, mm -hmm. for people to really get into the habit of separating not out of uh, business interest, yeah, even if it is ten cents per can, habit. but, out of, but habit. out of habit, um, <laughs> out of habit, yes. Um, 
and there, you know, again, I think politicians are, are um, you know, just sort of public figures. I mean, I don't know, actors, individuals um, that uh, have the ability to, you know, influence public opinion. I think they should really start setting an example. I, I for example, take the bus on a regular basis. And, and, yeah, I really, I mean, sometimes people look at me, does she look like that person that we think she is or is she that person? Sometimes people come up to me and we talk and some, some of the time it's not. I mean, it's, yeah. um, and I, I, but I still don't think that connection is being made that mm. I might be doing it out of consideration for the environment. Yeah. Caja uh, was just telling me a couple of weeks ago that he switched, for example, from the infamous Black, you know, yeah, he was saying cars, cars whatever are provided to to chairman of parliament to mm-hmm. the hybrid. In general, I think the number of cars that are provided to public servants should be cut down mm-hmm. dramatically. Dramatically, <laughs> give them bicycles or give them bus passes as a gesture, yeah. and have you know ministers riding around yeah. with buses rather than with a cortege. How do you say it? <laughs> with a whole string of cars yeah. following them around. I think those things matter. They do. I think people look at it and say, hmm, maybe it is a good thing to take the bus instead <laughs> of the, the car. I mean, we were talking about, for example, inner city circulation for, for having um, a tariff. Right? Uh, a tariff, yeah. yeah. And, and you could implement these things in the long run as well, but they're more um, burdensome for um, the individual citizen rather than the public information type of campaign, mm. uh, including, you know, example setting and, and being a role model, etc. Of course, we can consider those yeah. other measures as well. But I think the people making the laws should, first of all, uh, you know, think about cutting their own privileges to... Sure. And it has to be balanced out. Like, for example, I lived in a city, uh, Singapore, where they had, uh, yeah, absolutely, as soon as you drove into the central business district, you get a bing on your car, and it could be as much as like $7. I mean, it was insane, depending on the time. But they also have a very adequate metro system. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, they have other things in place so that citizens at least you know, can't have that excuse. Yeah, and Whereas here we have a pretty good metro system as well and bus system as well. Exactly. But the more we focus on that. I think improving. the bus system, honestly, in terms of the routes and the areas that it reaches is, pretty good, uh, yeah. is really not that mm-hmm. bad. Um, I, uh, I lived, I mean, I cannot compare it to Geneva, Switzerland, where I also studied because there, yeah, it, it's amazing. Uh, but uh in the U.S., I mean, I think some U.S. Oh, cities, cities could envy terrible. could yeah. envy Ab- Tbilisi's oh, public transportation system. Absolutely. Uh, therefore, I really think it's much more uh, sort of an attitude mm-hmm. uh, problem of people somehow uh, not wanting to. And and of course, if more people took the buses, then we might need to expand. Yes, of course. Uh, the the bus system and the number of buses essentially mm-hmm. that are available, etc. But I think that's more doable, and it would be lower cost than a, a whole bunch of other things that we're exactly. talking about, including high uh, higher healthcare costs because of all the emissions. My, I know you have to go. My final question, and it's actually sort of related to oversight, but also uh, in environment and oversight. Anytime we discuss this issue with the public in our focus groups or in our polling, the big issue that comes up is construction. 
Uh, of course, particularly in Tbilisi, where construction is actually in Batumi as well, where it's eliminating green spaces, uh, also, as we talked about, causing dust and pollutants and leading to sort of harmful erosion, which puts makes you more vulnerable to flooding and other disasters. Um, and in fact, in one poll, Tbilisi citizens basically wanted a moratorium on construction. My, I know a lot of this is in the local government's purview, and my understanding is the mayor's adopted, like, you know, no longer allowing developers to buy, for example, exemptions to zoning. However, some of the bigger projects like, you know, Mount Tabor and the Biltmore and King David and Panorama are being approved by the Ministry of Economy and not the city. Is there anything that, you know, your committee can do about these exemptions for these big projects and to protect green space? And is can any so that's sort of the oversight component of the ministry if they are approving these big projects. But also, are there any proposals on the table right now to limit uh, construction? Um, I think that would be, of course, I w will answer it from my perspective, but I think the, the key person to answer <laughs> that would be the Kaka. chair. Yeah. Yes, of course. Uh, who, uh, you know, represents the, the ruling party, because unfortunately, I think that even under the existing regulations, it is possible to have more reasonable um, approach to construction, particularly in Tbilisi, but no need to change the regulations. There, is there saying. is there is need to change regulations, and certain uh, amendments have been made recently, mm. including on on green zones, mm -hmm. uh, etc. But I think what I'm saying is more acute than the regulatory framework itself mm -hmm. is the administration or the execution thereof, because um, you know, for example. Um, on uh, Asatiani Street, mm -hmm. not where Radio Jeepa is located, but, but the Sabertello. other, but the Sabertello <laughs> Asatiani Street, um, there was a, a psychiatric hospital for many, many for decades um, that has a lovely park, etc. This was bought up by investors, and then this park was closed off to regular citizens. And my aunt, for example, who's lived in that area for. Uh, for decades and worked in the psychiatric hospital, etc., can no longer go into the territory. So in a city that is starved of green spaces mm. as, it, as it is, um, th either they're being uh, cut down because construction is coming up, or if they're being maintained in the better case scenario, they're being sort of privatized right. uh, for the the consumers of that particular uh, building project. So essentially those people, you know, affluent most likely, that um, buy apartments in that particular uh, apartment block. Um, so what I'm saying is that unfortunately uh, even existing regulations are being um, loopholed or, or uh, how shall I say, sidelined uh, when certain investors' interests um, are at stake. I can bring up a myriad of examples in Tbilisi in front of my own um, apartment building where we live in Vake, for example, around the Vake swimming pool. Yeah. We've got three or four gigantic uh, buildings coming up uh, that are being allegedly, as the neighborhood uh, has asserted, by Tremaladze and um, 
another former uh, Georgia Dream MP. Um, and, you know, the Tab- oh, of course, you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, Tabor Mountain and, and Pushkin Square and Panorama, etc., that allegedly also belong to, uh, you know, Bidzina Ivanishvili. And so, of course, there, unfortunately, the committee and the ruling party in general, as well as the ministry, are... Uh, caught sort of with uh, tied hands, or uh, what's the the, the yeah. expression? Because they, there's nothing they can do, even if their good conscience told them um, that it's not very good for our city and and for the environment. Because mm-hmm. these are you know the big guys making mm-hmm. the decision, and it, uh, and unfortunately, it's not just that one person for whom these exceptions are being made. Like I mentioned, these two former GDMPs, for example, and um, and a number of other investors that get a green light, um, despite the fact that if you were to apply the existing regulatory framework by the book... It wouldn't um, have happened. It wouldn't have happened. So, yes, I agree with you that certain regulations have to be made more strict, but I think the problem is that even if... Even under the existing regulatory framework, you can always see that uh, that exceptions, exceptions to the rule are being made. But yeah. isn't that where the oversight can come in? Yes. I mean, if it is particularly by, for example, a ministry that's giving this green light, I mean, mm-hmm. could you use your investigative authority to at least expose it publicly? It might not change the issuance yes. of the permit or whatnot. Yes, sure. I, mean, I think we can use uh, the parliament, and we do raise these issues. Mm-hmm. The same issue goes to this whole uh, uprooting or re- relocation of, of uh, centennial trees, which is another uh, hobby of even uh, Ishwili that I'm sure you have uh, heard about. You know, And we've asked the minister about this. We've asked the committee about this. Uh, yes, it's a hobby, and anybody can undertake their own hobbies. But, for example, environmentalists are talking about the fact that this will, in the long run, cause serious damage to the those areas. Moving. Yes, ah, to those areas mm. where these trees are being uprooted because you've got layers and layers of... Um, of ground that uh, are that gets pulled out that gets pulled out with it because these are these are gigantic trees and and if you actually see because i have seen it in ajara these spots you you can tell that the um the the ground i mean the degradation or what's the 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 right term the the erosion the erosion of the soil it's visible uh and you know the the technique for the uprooting of the trees in general envisions that you have to recultivate that area you have to fill it with soil uh, and you you have to cover it with a certain layer that allows it as allows it to sort of heal, and none of this is is being done. Mm. In certain cases, uh, you know, cement uh, huge roads are being cut into the uh, woods in order then to transport right right uh, these trees, etc. So this is a whole other issue, mm. but unfortunately, and it is of course related uh, to the environment. Uh, And of course, we have asked these questions um, in Parliament. But like I said, when uh, questions are asked uh, that concern a particular citizen of Georgia, or even others that may have um, any kind of connection to him or the ruling party, 
usually those questions don't get adequately mm. addressed. Mm. So in in closing, are there any sort of priorities for you uh, going forward into the next couple years of your mandate? Uh, are there sort of top issues that you'd like to focus on with regard to the environment, either in your capacity on the committee or just with your within your political party? Um, mostly my activities have been within uh, the parliament and, uh, and within the committee. And actually, I will say that, um, in all honesty, that I think parties as parties don't focus enough mm-hmm. on the environment. I agree. <laughs> uh, or at all. Uh, or at all. I haven't really seen the environmental <laughs> policies of the political parties. Uh, in fact, parties. I think, you know, that that might be my homework, actually, for the <laughs> years to come, say, that for the 2020 draft elections, it, draft, it. Uh, draft that to, policy. to have a policy and to have yeah. a, a platform uh, in the election program. Um, I've been also, as you know, very active, for example, on women's issues, Mm -hmm. and it has been an achievement that women's issues have become an integral part of uh, uh, campaigns and campaign programs, uh, certainly in our party, and and I think also in a whole number of other parties. Um, So now I think it's time for the environment to get on that uh, program. And, um, uh, you know, I I think... um, that's something I will certainly focus on. 2020 elections are almost around the corner. <laughs> they're not that far off. They might seem so, but um, they're going to come around quite quickly. Um, within the parliament, of course, I'd like to see the results of this committee inquiry actually see them through and and make sure that the recommendations that we draft, uh, which as Gacha mentioned, will most likely be ready at the end of the, end of the month, um, they actually, these recommendations get implemented. And yes. um, that's the really important part uh, of this whole cycle. Otherwise, the committee inquiry may serve some purpose of uh, increasing public awareness to a certain degree because you have the Facebook Live, etc. Uh, you allow the NGOs to get involved in the process. But really, it's just a one-time thing unless you follow through and, and you those recommendations actually mm-hmm. get um taken on board by the various executive agencies, including the ministry, but not just Mm -hmm. the ministry, the mayor's office, Mm -hmm. um, et cetera. Well, I think that's extremely important. And again, I mean, um, Kaka's not with us now, but to applaud the work that you've done in the committee, because you really have been sort of on the... a front runner in parliament on actually applying thematic inquiries and pushing forward on that. So I'm so glad that you're both there working, fighting the good fight. And as for the party, um, not only is it the right thing to do to have an environmental platform, but I imagine... Electorally wise. Electorally. (laughs) I don't know. It seems from at least our public opinion polls that Georgia's not unlike other places where this is particularly mobilizing for youth. Mm. And, uh, you know, we see in Georgia as in other places, that the young people don't really vote and aren't really excited about politics, but might mobilize around issues. Mm -hmm. And that is an issue that seems to strike a chord, Um, certainly with even my 12-year-old son who uh, is bugging me at home about how we could do better on issues. Mm -hmm. I think that this this is actually not only the right thing, but tactically a smart thing. I agree, which will make my battle easier, as it did on the gender issues, because your polls were also very helpful in that regard. Well, thank you so much, Tina, for taking the time, and keep keep up the good work. Great. Thank you so so much. much, Bye-bye.